I'm Gaz Coombs and this is The Sound Purchase. Well, hello there. Hello there. Feels, uh, feels relevant this week. You're done with the Skywalker saga and I understand that. Oh, absolutely. You're done with Tatooine. 100%. And I feel like they've listened to you somehow <laughs> because we've only spent like one and a half episodes on Tatooine. Yeah, it was, was surprisingly so, so far. So, so far. So far. Short, yeah. surprisingly short-lived. The old bait and switch with Obi-Wan cucking out baby Luke. <laughs> and then, boom, he's he's not even not even caring. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's off chasing Flea all around the, the galaxy. Yeah. And uh, everyone's having a great time. People complaining that the dialogue is, you know, hammy and clunky. And it's like, well, it's, it's fucking Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put me on any Star Wars meet outside of, like, some of the cartoons where it has to not be hammy and clunky to be taken seriously. I was going to um, say, yeah. <laughs> which you know. Which... Which Star Wars film has ever not been kind of clunky and hammy? Yeah. Need I remind you, there's always a bigger fish. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and then it's, you know, all the racists coming out because they don't like Moses Ingram, but they're trying to pretend that they don't like the character or they don't like the, the acting or something. So like, no, she's doing a great job. Mm. But yeah, I think it's all right. Much more excited for the boys, to be honest with you. Okay, well, all right. So hold it. I'm going to put a pin in that. My thing with Obi-Wan Kenobi, the first two episodes, meh. The first half of the third episode, meh. The second half of the third episode is what I'm here for. All those years before the prequels, I was playing Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi outside on my trampoline. I had a bamboo stick for a lightsaber. And these are the stories that I was making up. Now, I'm not, not trying to claim that I made up this story, but it's like these are the stories that I was role-playing and this is the stuff that's so thrilling for me to see. That whole second half of the third episode, my heart was genuinely in my mouth. I was genuinely like having palpitations. Hmm. Well, Vader a bad man, so... Uh, but, you know. If you're going to complain about Disney+, Plus, the one thing you can't complain about is what they've done with Darth Vader. Oh man, they've they've like completely turned him around <laughs> after yeah. the prequels. It's like, oh, he's he's cool again. That's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he walks past, he snaps that guy's neck, that kid's neck, and you're yeah. just like, yeah, metal, you know. And a lot of people don't seem to like the fact that oh, Obi Wan Kenobi's just a bit shit now. And it's like, well, yeah, he hasn't done anything in That's nine the whole years. Point. He's out of he's out of sync, right? He's not been he's not been training. Right, if you're like a, a gym bro type, you spend nine years without going down the gym, see how you go. You know, if you play an instrument, you go nine years without playing and see how well you can pick it back up again. Mm. You know, you're not going to be able to. Exactly. Of course he's going to be a bit shit. You know, and he's got PTSD and stuff. Yeah. And it would be terrible for the story if he rocked on up and was just all badass. Yeah. I actually didn't mind that the first episode was quite slow and then the second one was more just him going around shooting people. That chase scene, the layer chase scenes in the first episode, they were stupid. Mm-hmm. They were stupid and whoever directed those scenes needs a slap in the face. Well, I heard it, heard it said by Mark Bernard and on The Fat Man on Batman and they're like, all they needed to do was she walks out into the forest, she sees Flea and then black bag over the head, done. Mm. You don't yeah. need the, the... There was no need for the chase. 10-year-old girl outrunning grown men. 
quite clearly where they were just kind of like, ooh, no, I'm just going to like little kind of pretend to chase you run. It's like, and that bit where he runs into the tree. It's like, come on. I know what I just said about it being campy, but there's being like campy and hammy and then there's just bad scenes. Yeah. And that's, once again, that's not the actors. That's, that's purely the director. Do you know the one thing that really wound me up? Mm. Right? Darth Vader knocks over all those coals, which is badass. He sets them on fire. But the way that he just kind of really gingerly bends down and puts his lightsaber into the ground, I thought, you've done everything else so badass. And then you just slowly kind of very gingerly and weakly bend down to the ground and He's try and man. feel for the, for the coal. Blazed, it's dark. He's got that stupid helmet on. You know, he's got no arms or legs. He's having an asthma attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all I'm saying is like, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. And show me more of Vader outside of the suit as well. One thing that does confuse me though, the end of episode three, spoilers, mm. how the hell does she get to the end of that tunnel before Leia does? How does she, a, how does she know where it goes without going down the tunnel? If she went down the tunnel, how did she go down the tunnel without passing Leia? That doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's like the tortoise in the hair and Leia ran off like the like the hare and she actually she took a nap. She'd have still gone past her as she was going down but the yeah, tunnel. But come on, I mean the was she the third sister? She's she's dramatic, man. She wants the drama. I know that, but what doesn't make sense? They're at the like laser gate and he can't turn off the laser gate. And he could have just gone around and it. He could have just gone around <laughs> it. Yeah, it's like, like, clearly a gap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, he could have just jumped over it. It wasn't even that tall. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's enough of that. At the point, have you watched it? I've not seen it. All I've heard is that Homelander is like even more of a bad man than he's ever been. Yeah. There's a scene in the first episode that uh, is just wrong. It's just wrong. Brilliant. I'm not going to say anything, so I don't want to spoil it for you. But okay. it's just so... It's not Homelander related. This is um, someone you've never... It's not even a hero you'll know. He's, I don't think he's been mentioned at all in the in the rest of the series related, but... Um, well, oh, it's not the man. dude from Supernatural. Soldier Boy. Yeah. No. No, okay. No, no, nothing to do with him. No, no, no. Well, yes, I'm very keen to get, get going on the boys. I've watched all of Peacemaker this week, and that was brilliant. That was seriously, seriously good. Nice. I've watched all of Willing Time. It's been, it's been a quite an enjoyable week off. Well, it sounds like you've been making the most of it. I have been, but do you know what I've been doing more of? No. I've been prepping for this episode <laughs> and the next. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we should just throw out a little kind of thing out into the ether that we spoke to Chris Ballou on Monday. It's not Adrian Ballou. Not Adrian Ballou, because I was going to do a full thing with him I was trying to trying to see how I could do it, where like we continually mistake him for being Adrian Ballou. Mm. But then I realized that the spelling was different and it just didn't kind of work. Anyway, cool dude. If you don't know him, Chris Ballou is the singer, bassist, or bassitarist of the Presidents of the United States of America. He's also Casper Babypants, and now he's playing his own kind of... Um, stuff under his own name for the first time in his career, which is really, really cool. He's got an album called I Am Not Me, and it's incredibly good. You should check it out. Mm. We spoke to him for a good hour the other night, even though we said we were going to try and stick to half an hour. Mm. And uh, that will be coming out unedited for the friends of the show. 
but you'll also be hearing it in an upcoming episode where we're going to look at the presidents of the United States of America. Stay tuned. But we're not doing that today. No. No, sir. It is tangentially connected somehow. Very, very, yeah. But you'll have to wait for the episodes to find out how. So today, today we are talking about maybe not the OG parody man, but um, certainly the... Parody, the parody man, man, right? He's the parody man. But you think parody songs, there's, there's two people that really come into my head and this is definitely the first one. Uh, and I guess one the being, other one, Richard Cheese. It is Richard Cheese, yeah. Absolutely. Toxicity was a uh, staple in my household growing up. Uh, <laughs> Not much of a Dr. Demento fan then? No idea. Who's, what's that? What's a Demento? Dr. Demento was like the radio host that kind of started to give Al his big break. Ah, but he used to do parodies as well. Actually, there was another, the other one that comes to my head, there's a, there's a chap, I can't think of his name now, and Chloe's going to slap me when she hears this because of, but he used to do a load of Brighton-based parodies, so, you know, to have, like, do a parody of Vogue called Hove, you know. Oh, okay. Other ones that I can't think of, to be honest with you, but um, no, we're talking, of course, about Weird Al Yankovic, his 2014 album, Mandatory Fun. I mean, guys, where do you start with Weird Al? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you all, surely you all know who Weird Al is. I mean, he's been going since, what, the 80s? Early 80s? Might have even been the late 70s. I think so, late mid 70s. He's been, he's been going, he's been doing it a long, long time. Taking songs, doing parodies of them. And fair play to the man for making a career lasting, well, if it's the 70s, that'd be, what, 50 years? Near enough, yeah, coming up to it. And no real controversies over that entire time as well, right? It's like no one has a bad thing to say about Weird Al. Only Coolio. Only Coolio. Well, they made peace, though. Oh, have they? Yeah. Well, the thing with that was, so Weird Al always gets permission to use the songs. But back in the day, he used to get the permission from, he used to contact the record labels because it's hard trying to contact various celebrities and everything. So he'd contact the label, but I want to use the song, can you ask the artist? And they'd go, yeah, yeah, fine, yeah, we'll double check with them. Then they'd get back to him and say, yep, that's good, or no, that's not cool. Very rarely he gets turned down. Well, not very rarely, I think this, but it doesn't happen too often. So like, famously, Paul McCartney didn't want him to do chicken Live pot and Let pie. Die as Chicken Pot Pie. Yep. And there was a few others, I can't really remember what they are. I think Prince turned him down as well. Prince turned him down repeatedly. Yeah. Like there was a lot of, uh, <laughs> apparently they were sat next to each other in an award show and um, Prince's people basically said to Weird Al, I was like, you're not even to make eye contact with him. <laughs> but they say they say that to everyone, apparently. Yeah, but he was just like contacting like, every year, just like, can I, do, can I do this? No. Can I do this? No. Can I do this? No. Prince did let him do one song for a thing. I can't remember what it was exactly. A whoopee cushion. Friends, did you do this? Don't you like surprises? Well, no. He kind of became known for a while as, as doing like food parodies, mm-hmm. didn't he? Really, that was that was the thing, and I think he's tried quite hard to to get away from that. So there's a story. I think I saw it on Hot Ones. He was talking to them and basically saying, you know, he'd finally managed to contact Kirk Bain to do um, "Smells Like Nirvana." And that was like the first thing Kurt asked. I was like, oh, is it going to be a food parody? He was like, no. Mm-hmm. It's going to be how nobody knows what you're saying. And Kurt was like, oh, 
cool. Yeah. But he said, <laughs> there's the famous Kurt Cobain quote, like, you, no one's made it in this business until Weird Al's parodied them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm sure if we'd had him on, he'd have told us the same stories, as, you know, but fortunately, Hot Ones spoke to him, so we can just quote their interviews. Exactly. Like him being recognised by Paul McCartney. Mm. That must be a weird moment, right? I guess so, but he's he's quite a recognisable bloke. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, if you're not like a big megastar, and like Paul, you know, you're just out and about. Like, even if I was relatively a relatively successful musician, I wouldn't expect Paul McCartney to no, recognise me in that Yeah, still get quite starstruck about it. I mean, my thing with Weird Al, to bring it all full circle, well, the first Weird Al song that I ever heard was The Saga Begins. Really? Yeah, so... Relatively like late Weird Al in terms of that was what, 99, 2000 maybe? And it was like, it was just that moment where someone was singing a song about Star Wars, earnestly singing a song about Star Wars, and I, I sat there thinking, I'm not alone. Like, someone else likes Star Wars as much as I do? <laughs> and now, obviously, we can go into it. The, my, my love for Star Wars is deep, but Nowhere near as deep as other people. I mean, Jake, when we first met, we had incredible conversations about Boba Fett, and you were like, well, no, he survives the Sarlacc pit. And I was like, yeah. hey, what are you? You lie! <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, you you introduced me to a whole kind of deeper level of, of this fandom of it. But even that, I'm still like up there, scrubbed man. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's mental, but anyway. Weird Al is the guy that kind of confirmed in my life at seven years old that other people really deeply cared for Star Wars. My parents loved Star Wars, but not as much as I did. And we're talking like I'd watch it all the time. Mm. It's so bad that I don't actually know what the original lyrics to American Pie are. At my rugby club, whenever the team win, they play American Pie and everybody has to sing. And if you don't sing, you get fined. So I'm sitting there in the corner singing The Saga Begins. <laughs> Because I don't know the lyrics to American Pie. But I, I could recite the whole saga begins to you. Anyway. I, mean, I didn't hear American Pie for such a long time that when I did finally hear it, I was like, that's the Weird Al song. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. So Weird Al for me became a bit of an obsession. I guess I was just charmed by his wits. You know, a lot of people kind of, like you say, think, oh, he's the guy that does food parodies or he just does parodies. But... I don't know, there's something about his humor and his wit that always just kind of resonated with me. Mm. And so, I mean, I remember, you know, obviously we've talked about this before, my famous skipping the movies, getting money from mum and dad to go to the movies with my friends, skipping the movies and going to buy DVDs and CDs instead. And I bought Why not? the Weird Al TV show. Okay. Have you nice. seen it? I know, I've not seen the TV show. I've seen UHF. I've never seen the uh, TV show. Okay, so yeah, there's UHF, the movie, which was like 38 years ago or something now. He's just about to do another movie with Daniel Radcliffe starring as him. Mm. But it's it's somehow like a parody of that as well. So it's supposed to be like, it's like a movie within a movie. Daniel Radcliffe's been hired to star as Weird Al in a film about Weird Al. <laughs> uh, so the TV show is is actually like children's TV. Okay. Like, and very earnest, no tongue-in-cheek, no, none of this. It's super earnest. But if you want a total, like, blast from the past of early 90s, early to mid-90s, I strongly suggest it. A lot of people say that it's rubbish, and they'd, they'd kind of be right. 
you know, it lasted one season. But there's things like he wrestles Macho Man Randy Savage, which, you know, friend of the show, because he's awesome. And he gave us this brilliant thing. And I'm sorry, I should say he doesn't wrestle Macho Man Randy Savage. His pet hamster out wrestles Macho Man <laughs> Randy Savage. There's a musical act on like nearly every episode and it's people like Hanson, so that, that ages it to w- right about where it should be. But anyway, I bought that and my parents were just like, what the hell are you doing? And I was, I was just waiting to wear it out, man. I, I thought it was genius the way he uses other people's songs and twists them around and so on. Mm. Coming up to this, 2014 would have been a right around the time where you and I were living together. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, obviously all of the things he's parodying on here were big at the time. But mm. uh, yeah, like, I think, was it Word Crimes, I think, came out first or Tacky? Uh, Either way, they they both got played a lot. They (laughs) both got played a lot. And uh, we also bonded quite strongly over the Angry White Boy poker and all that stuff. Anyway, if you want to hear us waxing even more lyrical about Weird Al, wait for the Chris Ballou interview uh, Mm. because we we spoke to him about Weird Al and he had some awesome things to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of a bit of a weird one context-wise, isn't it? I mean... That's sort of the context. He's a funny man doing funny albums. Apparently he he had the whole um, thing with, so you know how like parents used to call any gaming system a Nintendo, all vacuum cleaners or Hoovers, that sort of thing. Mm. He had a lot of things when file sharing became a big thing, people putting out like parodies and people was thinking, oh, well, that's Weird Al, just because it was a musical parody. But it would be like, he'd, he'd get really upset because they'd be like really crass or... Yeah, I was going to say... Not, or just really bad quality. We've got to put a pin in that because that's definitely the game show today. Ah, okay, right, well... Yeah, we'll come back to that. It's worth noting, though, that six of the 12 tracks are originals. They're like style parodies. Yes, well, I was going to say, the album, it can be broken down into three things, really. So there's the direct parody, stylistic parodies, so, you know, a song in the style of Motorhead, for example, mm. and the polka song. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. Which I didn't realise was sort of a thing the first, the stylistic parody thing. I just thought he was just trying to, yeah, I think he was just doing some comedy songs or something. Mm. Fine. I was like, oh, actually, no, I, I pick up on that now. Now that I know it's a thing. Mm. I quite like it. And the crazy thing with Weird Al, not to fanboy too much, but again, a lot of people just assume that he just kind of takes the original song and lays down lays down a new vocal track. Oh, no. But oh. he's had the same band since he started, and they re-record all the tracks completely. And yeah. they perform all the tracks as well live, and they do all the costume changes and everything. Like, I can understand someone like Al going and doing costume changes for whatever he's doing. But when they play The Saga Begins live, you better believe they're all in Jedi robes. <laughs> and then the next song they come out and they're all in fat suits or whatever it is. Like, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, favorite Weird Al parody that's not on this album for you, would you say it is The Saga Begins? I mean, The Saga Begins holds a really deep thing for me. I mean, for me, I'll go while you're having a think. Yeah. For me, and it's just because we... <laughs> There was a point where we were just, even though he's an awful, awful person, not wow, the person he's parodied, we're kind of morbidly fascinated with Trapped in the Closet. Uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, so the thing was, so I'd, I'd go to places, get drunk and be like, 
have you guys seen Trapped in the Closet? And they'd go, no. I was like, right, sit your asses down, <laughs> get some beers. We are set for the next couple of hours. Good. Have you ever heard the word spatula more beautifully sung? <laughs> Even though it's so bad, people just couldn't stop watching it. And then I found out Weird Al did a parody and Trapped in the Drive-Thru. And um, I... I, 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 it's like like a child at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's how I feel uh, with some of these songs, especially. I mean, can you really go past Amish Paradise? Uh, I mean, classic, yeah. absolute. I'm not so big on the on the Michael Jackson ones. I mean, they're great. I'm trying to think. I've got a DVD downstairs, and it's literally like his music videos. Nice. Which introduced me to Gump. I've never heard yep. Gump before. Do you know, my favorite thing um, that Weird Al's done, and this is more of a style parody as opposed to an actual out-and-out parody, is a song called You Don't Love Me Anymore, which is basically like extremes more than words. Okay. But it, it's right. that classic kind of thing that it starts off as this tender love song about two people breaking up, but actually then slowly it warps and contorts into her basically abusing him and trying to kill him. Right, and okay. then it's every every turnaround goes, I got a funny feeling you don't love me anymore. <laughs> he just keeps talking about, you know, all sorts of things that she does. I do like his uh, crash test dummies as well. I mean, living with a hernia. I mean, there's so many. There's so many. But we're, th- we're thinking now Amish Paradise. So well, I mean, do you get any better? You know, even the video is damn good. Yes, yes. Um, I trust you've got your video spotlight sting. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, yeah. Right, well, let's jump in, have a quick a quick listen through. I can help when your door jam sticks. Huh? There is nothing in the world I can't fix. Yeah. I do tiles, I do stone, I do bricks. Call me a commercial Nova with my bag of tricks. Bag of tricks.
Track one, Handy, going right in with the direct parody of Iggy Azalea's Fancy, which personally I don't really care much for. I'd never heard it. I heard it at the time and it was just sort of background noise to me whenever it was on. But, you know, whatever, it's a great opener. He's got the sound of the synth basically spot on. (laughs) My first note, they were identical. No, no, they're not quite. There's a little bit more reverb and space, I think, on the original, but it's like minuscule details there. It's, it's the actual synth sound, the, like the actual synth that they've used to mm. generate, spot on, perfect, 100%. First things first, I'm a craftsman. Craftsman. Remodeling is my only passion. It's my passion. And I'm the greatest in the business. Want referrals, yo. That is so incredible. He must get the stems or something. Maybe he just gets them to tell them and then they copy it. You know, because the time it would take to sit down and actually work that stuff out. Yeah. Normally we go into it about the actual songs itself. This one, I'm just going to go more into the premise of it. So, ours a super handyman. He's basically just listing through all of the jobs that he can do for you. Yeah. There's not really much more to it. He's nailed the flow of the vocals. It's mm-hmm. like perfect. It's not about food, though, so zero out of ten. <laughs> you hear me, El? <laughs> Video's a bit weak. It's just him in front of a green screen with the stuff relevant to what he's singing about going on behind that. He looks like he had fun doing it, but it's a bit like... We did Faith No More, and they had that one, which was just them playing in front of a green screen. Whereas that kind of worked because, you know... They were kind of taking the mickey out of playing in front of a green screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you know, whereas this one, it just feels a bit mm. phoned in, I guess, Al. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe like they had the studio for like two days or something, and they just had to fit, like film all these music videos. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, compared to some of the other videos on on this album... You know, it's impossible to match them all. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's kind of it. That's kind of all I've got to say. I say in terms of how this song itself is, it's exactly the same as Iggy Azalea's. I didn't care for it then. Don't really care for it now. The lyrics are what makes it. Well, of course. Entirely. Yeah, I've got a couple of lyrics to point out. Mm. But before I do, I really admire how he like morphs and changes his vocal delivery depending on the song that he does. Mm. You know, it's still very much uniquely Al, but he does change it how he sings to kind Mm. of sound almost like the original. The chorus vocals, though, sound a little bit wet, like too wet in comparison to the original. I got 99 problems, but a switch ain't one. I'm so handy. Everyone said so. I'll crowd your bathroom. A couple of things I like from the lyrics, though. 99 Problems But A Switch Ain't One, which is playing on uh, Jay-Z, who was taking on Ice-T. It's an Ice-T original, which not many people seem to know. Most people credit that to Jay-Z, and that upsets me because, well, I was raised on Ice. (laughs) On Ice-T. And this is is pre-SVU Ice as well. This is Ice back when he was gangster Ice. Anyway, Sam from the Phoenix Foundation will uh, appreciate the MacGyver reference, of course. Of course. And then, did he mention cork? <laughs> if you like Schaefer's Dick Sealant, check out Schaefer's New Zealand-style cock. That's all I got for that one. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's why we preambled so much today, folks. We're going to be blasting <laughs> through this. Oh, no, I've, I've got other things written down <laughs> for other ones. But, yeah, I mean, I haven't got very much. 
to then lame claim to fame. Style parody this time. Apparently it's in the style of Southern Culture on the Skids, who I'm not familiar with. I don't know if you're... No, I'm not. All I was going to say is that all the style parodies are basically just bands that he's been listening to over this period. And just bands that he was liking, which that kind of excites me where we've got Southern Culture on the Skids and we've got the Foo Fighters, we've got Debaser by the... uh, no, not just the baser, but not just we'll the baser, get to but, those you know. as we get to them, man. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. Like, it's it's quite cool. You're going to be ruining all the suspense. People are going to be like, "Oh, what's the?" F-? But now they know all the style parodies, but they don't know where they land in the album. True. Very true. Mm. Yeah, so I can't say I've really listened to them, so I don't really know how close a job he's done. Apparently, they combine elements of a rockabilly surfing country, which this song definitely does. So yep. going off that description, he's nailed it. Lyrically, it's just Al going through his various lame claims to fame. Mm-hmm. For example, he knows a guy who 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 knows, a guy who knows Kevin Bacon, which is obviously a good reference of the old uh, Six Degrees of Separation from... Uh, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. It is worth noting as well, though, that some of the people that he references have fallen out of favour in oh, recent in the years times. since. Yeah. Uh, like who? Cuba Gooding Jr. Ah. Yeah. Not great. Um, and obviously Steven Seagal. Oh, yeah, but Steven Seagal, is all, I think, it's not even a secret. It's just been openly known that he's been a complete shit for about 20 years. So. Yeah, but I feel like it's, it's really come onto Main Street recently. Another good one, though. Another one of my favourites is apparently on my best friend's brother was an extra in Wayne's World Two. Yeah, just tickles me. I just, I just, <laughs> it tickles me because it's the Wayne's World Two. I can totally see that being an actual lame claim to fame that Al yeah. has. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can absolutely see that. I'm surprised he wasn't in it. <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. My best friend's brother. Well, he was. It's not a particularly long song. It's only three minutes 45, but I do feel like maybe they could have shortened a verse or cut a verse because the joke does start to wear a little bit thin towards the end. Well, I think they missed a trick with the Russell Crowe reference. Really? Yeah, because they... I can't remember what they say, but basically they, what they should have said was something like, my friend got beat up by Russell Crowe or something like that. That would have been so much better. Oh my God, it's Russell Crowe! Why don't you go flush yourself down that toilet, you cunt? Mm. Fighting round the world. <laughs> oh, of course I can't fight cancer. I'm going to fight someone with cancer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Nice. It's, it's like his tugboat shoots itself. <laughs> tugger. Oh, tugger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I love I, say, I love the guitar tone in this. Oh, yeah. And the shred at the end was incredible. Yeah, it's very short, that solo at the end, but mm. it is... Banging. It's welcome. Absolutely banging. Yeah. I got a lame, lame claim to fame. I've got a fever. I gotta have more cowbells, baby. It's uh, <laughs> egregious. Does it stop at all? No. Ever? No, no, no. no? In fact, no. towards the end of the song, it gets even more egregious. <laughs> yeah. 
which is fine, you know. Yeah. Chorus is cool, it's just the riff, but with the band playing over it, it's a catchy riff, actually. I quite yep. like it. I find myself, when I'm in the uh, back at work doing admin stuff, I kind of quite find, often find myself singing it. Nice. But yeah, you've mentioned the solo. And I've said it, it's kind of got that cool country surf twang to the guitar sound. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's a cool song. Yeah, I like it's, it. It's all right. Not as cool as the next song. Blasting through, track three. Foil. A direct parody of Randy Marsh's Royals. Hunger Games, yeah, 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 Hunger Games. Except he slowed it down a little bit. Mm. Um, and I think this is part of the reason that he uses the live band. It's the same reason that Dre doesn't actually use samples these days. He gets her people to re-record it so that you can have it whatever tempo you like. Mm. And then it not sound all weird and very spid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I never seem to finish all my food. I always get a doggy bag from the waiter. I mean, the song starts out as a vehicle to extol the virtues of aluminum foil. And this is one of those things where you kind of have to say aluminum because saying aluminium foil <laughs> kind of ruins the flow. Makes my blood boil, but we rise above it. Rise above it. Yeah, extolling the virtues of aluminium foil over other methods of storing or transporting your food. So Tupperware containers, glass jars, plastic wrap. Finally, food-based parody. Yep. Top marks, top marks. Except we don't have a food-based parody, so the second half. <laughs> yeah, this snuck up on me. I, I didn't expect this. The pivot into Tin Hat Conspiracy Land <laughs> is great. With aluminum foil, never settle for less. That kind of rap is just the best to keep your sandwich nice and fresh. What really makes it great, though, is, is the video. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Uh... So it kind of starts out as like an infomercial style thing for aluminum foil. And when it gets to the end of the chorus, um, <laughs> just the change to his facial expression and the lighting, yeah. when he gets that line, it's like, oh, by the way, I've cracked the code. And it starts out kind of quite lighthearted. And by the end, just by the end of that one line, you know, he's had his little sip of refreshing herbal tea. Herbal tea. And it's all of a sudden, it's a super sinister. Yeah. <laughs> The other great thing I love about the video is that the the backing singers that do the harmony just pop up from behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that always gets me. It's, like, it's not even like a gag or anything. It's just them popping up. It's just like, I love it. I love the way he brings the foil out of the box. Yeah. But you can't see it. It's podcast. But yeah, he just pulls a big sheet of foil out. It's fantastic. Yeah. But uh, my note was that Patton Oswalt is in the video and he really yes. sells he really sells the twist. He's like the director, isn't the he? The director, yeah. Yeah. Spoilers at the end turns out to be a lizard man. Yes. He gets taken away by the by the men in black at the end and turns out he was right, god damn it. Yeah. He was right. The, the Illuminati are in control. Hmm. Lovely. Oh by the way, I've cracked the code. 
I have definitely heard this song before, but I must have switched it off around herbal tea every time. <laughs> herbal tea really upsets me. I hate the way we drop the H. It just feels like a bit of a throwaway line, but yeah, I think the reason it's in there is, I don't know if he was thinking of the video specifically and that one, he had that visual gag in mind, potentially. I don't know, but... No, I think it's like kind of like you're chatting over the tea, basically, you mm. know, oh, by the way, I've cracked the code kind of thing. Like it's that sort of thing goes from the telemarketing down into that. Mm. But the herbal tea always upsets me. Say the H, it's got an H in there, herbal tea. So I must have turned it off every other time. Oh, you've never got to that bit. I've never got to that part. It's <laughs> the best. And I remember kind of going, oh yeah, foil her. You know, thinking that the aluminum foil was the big reveal of the song. And I was like, yeah, okay, ha ha, I get it. And then when, when I was researching this, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Incredible, oh. incredible. And just want to say NZ represent I'm beached ears. for uh, Lord. I know that you just claimed it was Randy Marsh, but yeah. Well, Randy Marsh is Lord. Feeling good on a Wednesday. He writes all of his good stuff when he's in the uh, toilet at work. Love that. I mean, yeah. In the actual song itself, once again, it's Lord. It's the same song. It's a very sparse song, isn't it? There's not really a lot to talk about musically. No. It's mostly drums and clicks and vocals, mm. a synth bass that comes in, in the chorus, and then it adds some stuff in the chorus, and then backing vocals, and there's a second synth doing short swells, and then that's sort of, that's it. That's everything that happens musically in this song. Yeah, it's kind of all about the vocals in this one, like yeah. the layering of the different vocal tracks. Yeah, absolutely stellar. Really well done. Yep. Anything else you'd like to add to to Foil? No, again, just one of those things. I was watching a um, Weird Al behind the scenes making Straight Out of Limwood, which is the album preceding this one. Mm. And they just showed a clip of him recording all of the vocal parts for each song, doing the bass, doing the harmony, doing the melody. Mm. So it's it's not like he's just going through a vocoder for this. He records all of those parts. Mm-hmm. Man got pipes. Right, track four. Mm-hmm. Keep this relatively short. It's not a parody of an artist or their style. This is college football fight songs. What's up? My name's Todd. Varsity football. I'm not sure this would amp me up for a fight, but hey, what do I know? You know, I've never been to an American football game at college. There's not just college. Yeah, the NFL have got their own like fight songs as well. Varsity football. And they all they all sound pretty much like this. As soon as um, another bad man to bring up, it's whenever I read or f- hear the word fight song, just Marilyn Manson comes into my head. <laughs> uh, yeah. I used to love that song as well. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's a shame he's such a sack of shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, 
why can't you just be like owl people? Why can't you just yeah, be exactly. good people? I mean, Marilyn Manson was the like the tentpole for everyone going, you know, metal's not actually that bad. We can be educated and metalers for yeah. ages. And yeah. And then no, turns out turns out we can't. Yeah. <sighs> oh well, it's a piece of marching band music. Mm-hmm. This one, not Vibe Song. It's got the complete with like this little snare drum solo that they always insist on doing because no one seems to know but you have to have them in a marching band piece mm-hmm. of music. They have to have the snare solo. Don't question it. That would be silly. Basically, our sports team is great. Your sports team sucks. Is it your favourite sports-based parody song, Stefan? Funny that you bring this up. So I, I really like the formal use of language. I find that quite a swift juxtaposition, if you will. Mm. from the usual hooligans singing the song. And don't get me wrong, I think American sports fans are a lot more chill than English sports fans. I've been to a few Premier League games and, you know, don't get mm. me wrong, the chants are hilarious, but some of them are a bit too far. Right, so the football ones are always are a league for their own for how bad. I don't know how it is with rugby, actually, to be fair. No, but, it's um, not really present in rugby. Especially in New Zealand, everybody just kind of sits there quietly commentating. I will will just point out that uh, I was fairly regular attender of Wellington Phoenix games in my final year in Wellington and I was sitting in the Phoenix fan zone when (laughs) the drunk guy in front of me starts coming up with a like a chant for the goalkeeper who was Mark Paston. He was the New Zealand goalkeeper at the time. He just basically got us into the World Cup by penalty shootout because he, he saved it, right? So he, nice. was, he was a bit of a local legend. This guy in front of me is just going, guys, I want to start a chant. Will you will you chant with me? And we're kind of like, yeah, all right, man. And he goes, we masty over pasty. We masty over pasty. Oh, yeah, you've seen that before. <laughs> so that forever is going to be the best and only chant at a sports match for me. But how about a parody sports song? I mean, yeah, sure. This is fine. Are there any other parody sports songs? I don't know. The only one I can probably think of would be is uh, Sports Go Sports by Garfunkel and Oates. Oh, yeah. But other than that, I can't. I mean, there are. There just are. But Can I can I call It's Coming Home a parody now? <laughs> Wait, but that's, that's it. That's all I've got to say for this one. Really. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure if you're from somewhere that does these kind of fight song things, you probably get more out of this than I do. But I just kind of go, eh. I listened to it through once. I was like, oh, the lyric's quite clever. Skip yep. does nothing for me. Does nothing for me, and I feel that's that's just a cultural thing, though, isn't it? It is. I mean, I know a few of the fight songs, like I know the Philadelphia Eagles fight song, mainly because Ralph plays it all through the football season on the Ralph Board. But yeah, not no, my in thing. this country. We've just got things like well, outside of the racist chanting, which we mm. won't do here. But it's things like "Who ate all the pies? Who ate all the pies?" You know. Whenever you see, well, not so much these days with Ronaldo because, you know, he doesn't play. But uh, <laughs> fond memories of that. Word crimes, track five. Boom, baby. Strong nostalgia vibe. Yeah. I uh, say so we played this a lot. a lot in the flat, which is funny because we didn't really... Well, you used to hear Blurred Lines a lot going out, didn't you? 
Yeah, I've I've got fairly fond memories of Blurred Lines. I know I'm not really allowed to say that, but it's more about that being just the soundtrack of that summer. Yeah, that and was that the same year as Get Lucky? No, I think that was like the year after. He's going to try and a... prove me wrong now. I swear, yeah, Get a... Lucky was like the year before, and then everyone was trying to go: Is it going to be happy or is it word crimes? No, blurred lines. That one. But we need to be careful either way, Jake, because you know, blurred lines. March twenty thirteen. Get Lucky, April twenty thirteen. Do you remember in Batman Returns? <laughs> <laughs> When he straps the bomb to the guy and just gives that grin. That's pretty much the face that you you pulled on me just then. <laughs> I was just gonna say. Yeah. Uh we need to look, uh, we need to be careful about how we go about this because um Well we'll address we'll address all that in a moment. I mean, there's two big landmines really to step around, and the biggest of the two I will address in due course. <laughs> Hold on, I'll get I'll get my stings ready. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody shut up. Obviously, you're an English teacher now, Stefan. Does this song resonate with you even more now than it did previously? 100%. 100%. This is like, I wish I could sit there and just play this in a lesson. You probably could. No, because the <laughs> kids wouldn't understand it. You know, like, this is this is too advanced, I feel, <laughs> for them. You know, and that's not to say that they're dumb. I'm not trying to bring them down to bring Al up. It's, it's purely just like, I think a lot of adults struggle with this song. Yeah, well, it's, I think that's the kind of the point. No, it's supposed to be basic English, isn't it? But I mean, there are certainly bits in this song where I feel personally attacked. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I'm probably guilty of saying less instead of fewer, not knowing when to say whom instead of who, you know. I mean, my, my favourite bit is, I could care less. That means you do care. Thing is, I've never actually heard anyone say I could care less. I think that's once again an American thing. Like I always hear I couldn't care less. That's maybe it's just me and the people that I'm usually with. Maybe. But maybe you've just got good syntax and grammar around you. Well, I don't know about that, but I, I always hear people online complaining about the whole I could care less thing. It's like I've never heard anyone say that. Yeah. I, I, you're right. If people do say that, then yes, they're wrong. Well, exactly. One of my favourite things to do at school is call students out on their double negatives. Nice. You know, I haven't done nothing. So, well, I, I, so I literally sit there and go, that means you did do, <laughs> like, that means you did something. And it, they're just the word crimes start playing in my head when, when kids do that. Yeah. We should uh, prepare some work stings. <laughs> you can just whack out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've already said this is, Parody of Bloodline, Robin Fick featuring Farrell, one of three tracks featuring old Pharrell on this album. Apparently part of the choice to spoof misuse of proper English, well, it was to avoid Landmine 1, the misogyny issues that have kind of played this song since, um, well, since day one, I think. Right? <laughs> there was a lot of parodies of this song, apparently, but most of them focused on that aspect of it. And ah. he didn't really like that. He was like, oh, that's, A, it's not fun, and B, low-hanging fruit, to be honest with you. Like, Yeah, well, you've you've kind of pointed out as well that he's he's not one to be overly crass. No, exactly. 
very subtly as well, kind of mocking grammar Nazis. Mm-hmm. There's actually a bit where he gets something wrong intentionally. It's a um, split infinitive, I think it is. I can't remember the line, but specifically it's a split infinitive. And he left that in there to see who noticed it. I didn't. I didn't, no. <laughs> no. But yeah, he's kind of mocking those people in a way as well. The video... It's essentially the world's fanciest lyric video, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's just like a super fancy lyric video, which is cool. You know, once again, I I think it's better than... It feels less lazy than the green screen one. Yep. And it's stylistically, it's quite memorable. Well, and it's it's that thing, like, you know, reading the words and seeing them in that... Because he talks quite fast. So seeing the words on the screen and seeing the animations around it makes it that little bit more memorable. Yeah. Very true. So he's trying to teach a lesson. Mm. So really, you know, he's he's enriched all of our lives. Mm. Once again, there's not a lot to say about the music itself. Uh, lots of percussion, a bass that could or could not be an actual bass. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Lots of woos and MJ-style vocalization. Mm-hmm. Some fun facts. This was his fourth top 40 hit, and that has made him, or it made him at the time, the third artist in history to have had a top 40 hit in every decade since the 80s. Well. Want to guess the other two? Um, you too. Nope. Madonna. Yep. When did Michael Jackson die? Two thousand nine. So that doesn't count, does it? Well, it is Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. <laughs> All yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. You can have a top forty hit while being dead. I suppose so. Yeah. Right now, then. Now then. It's been a while. It's it's been a little while, but we can't really. Uh, We can't talk about this without bringing up just how shit the Marvin Gaye estate are. Not this time. Not this f***ing time. No! No, 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 no! Basically, yes, the parasitic little fucks. This is, uh, well, not this one, obviously, it was Blurred Lines, was what set the precedent for these talentless hacks, these pieces of shit who did nothing, did nothing. Do we need to slip an alleged in there? Allegedly talentless. No, I would say they're talentless fucking hacks. Yeah. What have they done outside of taking the work of someone who was actually talented and did stuff and kind of going, yeah, we'll have some money for that. So why will you? Why, why should you get any more money out of that? He's dead. Copyright should die. It should end when the person dies. That's just what should happen. Thanks for fucking that up, Disney, by the way. Anyway. Anyway, so this was the one where they basically said, oh, yeah, you can copyright. Was it like the feel or the yeah. drums? It's you, like you can't yeah. copyright drum beats, first of all. You mm. can't copyright the feel of a song. You, there'd be no genres. You can't even really copyright a chord sequence, can you? It's the whole thing that comes together, right, that yeah. you can copyright. Then would you not make the argument that that is the vibe? No, because the vibe is when you listen to something's load and you just write something that's kind of got that vibe. Mm. Maybe it's got the same tempo. Maybe you use similar compositional techniques. And this has been a thing throughout the entirety of, well, at least Western musical history. Well, and suddenly the Marvin Gaye estate think they're better than that. Fuck them. Anyway, Al didn't have to pay them any additional royalties because it was all covered by his initial royalty split. So that's good news. Bad news is that they are still being parasites to society and haven't just, you know, done the decent thing and noped themselves out of existence or something. You know? I'm scared. Regardless of our feelings 
of the Marvin Gaye estate. We, we put ourselves through this for you, the dear listener. You know, we paddle through the hate, paddle up the creek, if you will, just so that you can learn more about Weird Al. Yes. Mm. And by undying hate, sort of Marvin Gaye estate. Oh, it rhymes. We should make a song. <laughs> well, and just base it all on a load of old Marvin Gaye stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no, that would be metal. But though. change it just enough. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few things I really like. So, no eggs and espresso. Mm. We've both worked as baristas, and the amount of espressos that we've served is uh, mm. mental. I'm surprised it's not like a coffee brand or something, like a fast food coffee thing. The espresso combination of express and espresso, boom. It must be. It must be a thing by now. If not, someone has just listened to this and become a millionaire. Was it me? Like, overnight, <laughs> bam. That's it. They've, they've just transformed into a millionaire, billionaire, whatever. Okay, so no eggs and espresso. That's something I battle all the time. Obviously, my wife is a coffee roaster, so... My wife! I'm still in the coffee world, I guess. I've still got mm. my finger in that scene. And yeah, espresso. I heard it yesterday. Oh. Angers me. B-C-R-U. <laughs> Our words, not letters. Love it. Must have been around 2005, possibly 2006. The New Zealand government trialed doing exams and tech speak. Oh, why? Because BCRU. There was outroar. I don't think it went ahead. Anyway, never write words using numbers. Unless you're seven or your name is Prince. It's fair. And that's all I have to say about that. Track six, My Own Eyes. Apparently, this one is a parody of the style of the Fighters. Mm-hmm. Now that I know that, I can hear it, but it wasn't something I picked up on by myself. No. Maybe it's because the Foo Fighters have had lots of generic rock stuff over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I know, I can like I can definitely hear it in, in some of the guitar parts. I saw a baby drive a truck. I saw a junkie eat a tuba. I saw a stripper kiss a duck behind a dumpster in Aruba. Lyrically, I'm not really so keen on this one. Or at least certainly the opening lines are the ones they, they don't draw you. It's not a strong opening. No. couple of lyrics. A few dynamic shifts in the verse, doing the quite loud thing with the cleaner kind of sparkly guitar, going into the big rock sound. And now that I know it's a Foo Fighters thing, that little stop before it goes into the chorus. Yeah. Like that's that's a specific Foo Fighters song, and I can't think of what it is. With my own eyes, I see things that drive a normal man insane. Wish I could disconnect my brain from my own eyes. He's definitely stolen the riff from Sliver, 
Um, Thank like you. At the end and in the breakdown, Thank middle you. eight. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's, that's my note as well. The riff break- breakdown is Sliver by Velvet Revolver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's general egregious right there. When I heard it, I'm going to listen to Sliver. That was a banger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got that Velvet Revolver album somewhere. I loved it. Oh, then I then remembered there was a band when I was at college doing my first diploma pop music course. No offence to any of them, but they were the worst musicians on the course. And they covered this. And the guitarist, he was a weird dude, very weird dude, Creepy Dan, who he's now he started out as just Creepy Dan. Then he became Creepy Dan the solo killer. Because um, he'd always go to take a solo. And, it's sort of, and then eventually he got bumped up to Creepy Dan song killer. Uh, man just did not practice and could not play. Um, well where he's at now whether or not he's changed it all and he's you know put the effort in I don't know probably not I get the impression he did the course and I think a lot of the people who were in that band and a lot of people on that course did it because they thought I had to be a DOS yeah you know it's general music school stuff isn't it people there to be because it's a DOS but they used to to play Sliver and it was just like kind of ruined it for me but I've forgotten how bad their thing was so I can't hear it in my head anymore so I can listen to Sliver again. So life is good. Fantastic drum fill going back into the last chorus. Yep. And hopefully you've got a bit more to add. No, I've only got one other thing to say. This is a lyrical thing. My neighbour's kids sold weapons-grade plutonium at the frosty ice-cold lemonade stand. That's just one of those lines that sticks out to me. Nice. Yeah, I really like it. Now that I know that it's Foo Fighters, I can I can hear the Foo Fighters in it. But at the time, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah. yeah. It was just a bit of a generic rock song with a bad opening lyric and then didn't... And yeah. So basically, the idea is it's him seeing... He's seen some shit. Yeah. And that leads us to the halfway point in the album. Fantastic. So usually, you know, we can say this is the halfway point on the record, but these new albums, these these new albums, they haven't got, Records are not been pressed, so we don't know what the halfway point is. We have to literally take it down the middle. Yeah. Well, it's it's starting to come back again, but there was yeah, yeah, there's a period from you know, well, basically the late nineties to the mid twenty tens. Exactly. Can you describe for the people at home the giant wheel behind me, please? You know what? No. So we've actually gone. Uh, previously, if you, as you may remember, we went into the fourth dimension mm. with the size of this wheel. And I asked you all to imagine it because obviously we can all imagine four dimensional spaces. It's basic stuff they teach you at school. But we've, much like Goku, had to go one step further in his fight with Margin Boo and then spent like seven or eight episodes screaming while his hair grew and his eyebrows disappeared. We too have had to go one step further. <laughs> 
That really was Dragon Ball Z, like in a nutshell. Anyway, so we've had to go one step further into five yeah. dimensions, and I, I can't think five dimensions. I mean, it's so big; it it, it, it goes back in time. There's so many names on it. That so what you're saying is we've actually started back at the start. And we've got like a mini. We've wheel. gone full circle to the mini oh, wheel. Oh, pun intended. Fantastic. So, uh, well, it's got one name on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As uh, Jake has said, I keep having to get a new wheel because of our friends of the show roster growing, growing, growing. Uh, if you would like the chance for Jake or myself to win you in a sound purchase prize pack, which will include CDs out of our own personal collection, 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 head to asoundpurchase.com forward slash F O T S and sign up to become a friend of the show. It's completely free and you get oh, so much bonus pods, blog posts, exclusive merch, and of course, a spot on the infamous wheel. Let's not forget the Arnold Watch Along series as well. And Jake, we've just been prepping up the superlatives, yearbook superlative episodes. Yes. We were talking about which member of NWA would most likely frequently go down to the garden, garden center. center. That's right. Or which member of the for Fighters would be the best teacher. Mm. Mm. Fantastic series. We had a lot of fun doing that. Absolutely. Okay, well, Jake, let's give the wheel a spin. There we go. Tiny today. (laughs) Today, Jake, you are playing for our old mate, Adam Nickel. Oh, hi, Adam. Um, he's not going to get a CD because I'm pretty sure I, I left a copy of Everyone to the Andersons, the man born from inside a horse in his car one time. And I never got it back, but he doesn't seem to have it. So he's had enough CD out of me. Well, sadly, I've, I've already picked out the CD that he's going to get. I was thinking, toxicity? I was, yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> Weird Al, Weird Al. Okay, so I went down the comedy route. Can you take a guess other than to- toxicity? Because I literally... I've never really been a big Richard Cheese kind of guy. Oh, my next guess was going to be Lounge Against the Machine. No, and it's not H. John Benjamin either. Kind of parody in a way. Oh, so not Flight of the Concords. Oh. Um, Flight ah. of the Concords, baby. Nice. I told you I was freaky. They kind of do more of the style parodies, don't they? Yeah, more than the direct. Yeah, so Adam, you'll be uh, really pleased to know, mate, that this comes with... Not only the CD, obviously, with inserts of <laughs> Brett and Jermaine crying tears like a rapper, from a rapper. But it also has a uh, really cool poster in there as well that was purchased in Wellington, New Zealand. Nice. Didn't realize it was uh, distributed by Sub Pop. There you go. Mm. Did not know they were a Sub Pop band. But anyway, here is your task, Jake. Way back when, mm. way back when, we may or may not have frequented a certain little site called LimeWire. And this game show is called Don't Download This Song, which actually is one of our songs. We often talk with fond memories about the days of LimeWire. And nearly all parodies on the site were actually attributed, rightly or wrongly, to Al. Did you want to touch on that a little bit? Because you, you had something to say on it earlier. Well, as I was saying, it made him quite upset. Because, yeah, it was one of those things where if it was a parody song, it's a Weird Al song. Mm. And then some of them were, as I said, quite crass or just not very funny or just badly recorded mm. or they weren't up to his standards. Majority. I'm sure there was probably one or two where he was like, oh, that's quite good. Mm. Let's face it, most of us aren't that funny. 
No, no one is as funny as Weird Al. So I may or may not have had a folder full of Weird Al songs that he never recorded. And I got really kind of fastidious when I got a iPod Classic. In fact, this this very iPod Classic that you see in my hand here, Jake. Very, very nice. What's that, like 120 gig? Was Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I know my iPods. <laughs> Wasn't it like last week they were just uh, announced that they're not going to make iPods anymore, they're discontinued. I didn't know they still were. No, neither did I. Anyway, anyway, I got really fastidious, so I started to weed out all these songs because I was putting everything on albums and I was categorizing it. Anyway, so your task is to determine whether it's LimeWire or Al. If it's LimeWire, you're going to hear this. My fellow Americans. Of course. Of course. I could see the glint in your eye waiting to hear that. You knew it was coming. (laughs) I'd have have walked if it had been anything else. (laughs) And then if it's Al, you will hear this. Okay, 10 questions. You've got to get six correct. Here we go. Rice Rice Baby, a parody of Ice Ice Baby. Well, did he do an Ice Ice Baby parody? I'm thinking of the Jim Carrey one. Uh, (laughs) Very white, white baby. (laughs) White baby, yeah. Rice Rice Baby. I mean, it kind of matches. It's got food. Well, these these are all legitimate things found on LimeWire. Yeah, let's go Weird Al. My fellow Americans. Ah. Yeah, that was actually Richard Cheese before he was Richard Cheese. Ah, yeah. Nice. Elmo's Got a Gun, parody of Jamie's Got a Gun. Elmo's <laughs> Got a Gun. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound particularly wholesome, does it? Elmo's Got a Gun. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go. Let's say that's Al. My fellow Americans. Ah. LimeWire would have said it was Al. Yeah. Number three. Run Mr. Taliban. Parody of Deo. Run Mr. Taliban. That sounds a bit political for Al. I'm going to say that's LimeWire. My fellow Americans. Correct. Nice. Free Balling. Parody of Free Falling. I know that. Is it Al? Al? Al. My fellow Americans. They're all just going to be lying by her Bohemian Rap City. Parody of Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, I, I can totally see you having put them all as lying wire, but I'm just going to hold up hope that one of them's Al. So that's Al. My fellow Americans. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to keep score anymore. I've lost. <laughs> Dirty deeds done with sheep. Oh, that's that's a lime wire, surely. My fellow Americans. Livin' Da Vida Yoda. Parody of Livin' Da Vida Loca. And he already did a Star Wars one. Well, and don't forget Yoda by the Kinks. Y-O-D-A Yoda. Yeah. No, lime wire. My fellow Americans. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> your your rationale kind of rules this one out too. My name is Darth Vader. <laughs> Parody of my name is. Oh, but I could. Oh, tempting. Didn't he do a Stan parody? So I'm going to say 
might not have done another one. So now I'm going to say this is LimeWire. My fellow Americans. I'm clawing it back now. I'm clawing it back. Number nine. Kind of timely, really. Ukrainian woman. Parody of American woman. Um, LimeWire. My fellow Americans. Okay. And the final one. What if God smoked cannabis? Parody of What If God Was One Of Us. I think that's a bit of a weak title. So if it is one of ours, LimeWire. My fellow Americans. <laughs> okay, Brucey boy, that's, he did uh, it. He let's did title it. that up. <laughs> <laughs> crazy it's son of a bitch, he did it. Jake, you got six. You just crossed over that line. Oh, well, I got I thought I got more wrong than that. Realizing that it was you just wanted an excuse to play my fellow fellow Americans ten. My fellow times. Americans. <laughs> that brings up like sense memory, you know. <laughs> I can smell my old room from two thousand and three. Seven. Now that's what I call polka. I mean, it's a polka melody. All Weird Al albums have, well, not necessarily polka melodies. Some of them are just polka songs, but they've all got one, bar two of the albums. So he's got 14 albums, and on 12 of them, there is at least a polka. Is that polka or polka? polka? I think it's probably poker, but it's spelled polka, so that's what I'm saying. Do you say folk music or folk? Folk. Folk. Do you also go for a woke? Uh, (laughs) I've been known to go for a woke, yeah. (laughs) I mean, best polka, the one he's done is is Angry White Boy Polka, isn't it? Yeah. I appreciate that he keeps doing them because they're all great. They're all great. It's it's basically the same backing track, which I love. (laughs) (laughs) And like we said, he doesn't doesn't just re-sample... The old one, they go in and re-record it every time. Well, they do have to change a few bits, so like some of the melodies and so like the breakdowns are always different. Yeah. Well, is it? They all kind of go into it. Not this one, I don't think, because this one goes into um, Sexy and I Know It. I'm sexy and I know it. Girl, look at that body. He's sexy and he knows it. Which I think still does have that, but it's just got that tuba. We, I just realised we didn't actually speak about who's in his band. No. So very quickly, so the band for this album, so the Weird Al band, Weird Al, he produced the album as well. Lead vocals, accordion, keyboards, backing vocals. Jim Kimo West, guitar, banjo, keyboards and vocals. Steve J, bass, guitar, keyboards, string arrangements and vocals. And John Bermuda Schwartz. Drums, percussions, drum programming and vocals. Additional performers. Monique Donnelly, background vocals on track three, so that'll be Foil. James King, saxophone, track four, the marching band one. Mark Euler, Cornet, Cornetto, track four. Mike Bolger, tuba, track four. Wayne Bergeron? Yeah. Trumpet, track seven. Joel Peskin, clarinet, track seven. Jim Self, tuba, track seven. Suzanne Yankovic, or Susan Yankovic, 
Screams, track seven. <laughs> Amanda Palmer, vocals, track 10. Lisa Popale, background vocals, track 11. Scotty Haskell, Maxine Waters, and Julie Waters, background vocals, track 12. I do just want to refute, actually, something that you said. What's that? The angry white boy polka is the best. You've been going through them. Well, I've just, I've got the list here. Polka's on 45, yeah, it's all right. It's got Jocko Homo on it. We kind of like that. Smoke on the Water, Hey Jude, LA Woman, you know, In a Gutter de Vida. But Polka Party off the album, Polka Party, starts with the best song ever in the history of all everness. And it goes straight from that into Susudio. <laughs> That's not Susudio. Susudio sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Party All the Time by Eddie Murphy. Say You, Say Me, Lionel Richie, What You Need in Excess. Come on, angry, it's great. Angry white boy for me. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the other polkas. Oh, no, I've got one I more. I want to crack more. on. Okay, but, but Bohemian Polka is really good as well. Right, but that's it. That's one more. So, the and track's the covered in this one. Polka. No, 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 no. Not listening. So, the track's covered in this particular polka. He's actually got his, fat polka he's got his headphones off. Arthur Godfrey, Wrecking Ball, Miley Cyrus. We clawed, we chained our hearts in vain. We jumped, never asking. Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People. All the other kids with a pumped up kicks, you better run, better run, outrun my gun. All the other kids. Best song ever by Juan Direction. Danced all night to the best song ever. Gangnam Style by Psy. Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen. Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy, but here's my number, so call me maybe. Scream and Shout by Will I Am, featuring Britney Spears. Somebody That I Used to Know by Gautier, featuring Kimbra. Now you're just somebody that I used to know. Timber by Pitbull, featuring Kesha. Going down, hey! I'm yelling timber, you better move, you better dance. Sexy and I Know It by Lumfau. He's sexy and he knows it. Thrift Shop by Macklemore and Ryle Lewis featuring Wans. I wear your granddad's clothes. I look incredible. I'm in this big old coat from that thrift shop down the road. Hey. Get Lucky by Daft Punk featuring Pharrell Williams and Mandatory Polka by Weird Al Yankovic. Just waiting for Jake headphones, his on headphones back on. He literally took them off. Four minutes of polka fun. What's not to love? I do want to point out a couple of things if that's okay. Absolutely. So, pumped up kicks. Love the gunshots in there, obviously. Um, <laughs> That's what I got written as well. <laughs> yeah, kind of a bit on the nose, but I like it. Um, One Direction, the OEOs, I really like. Mm. Leading into Gangnam Style, where I just like the way that he does that kind of crossover. Gangnam Style's got the, the Jerry Lewis, Hey, lady! <laughs> kind of thing that's hilarious. <laughs> Call Me Maybe, the clarinet slides. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Really cool. Let it all out with the fart sound. You know, a bit of a pun there. 
And obviously, Sexy and I know it perfectly timed with the slowdown. You're right. Mm. Mm. Lovely. Track eight, Mission Statement. Mm-hmm. Back to parody. It's mm. a style parody, this time of old Crosby, Stills, and Nash. No young. Thank you. Thank you. The amount of people that are, God, oh, this is Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. It's like, no, it's not. This is first record. This is basically Judy Blue Eyes. Oh, don't worry, Jelly. Actually, I'm kind of relieved. I mean, I, I've not listened to a lot of Crosby, Stills and Nash or Crosby, Stills, Nash. I mean, I listened to a bit of it all. But um, even I can tell, it's like, that's, that's just yeah. Crosby, Stills and Nash yeah. without Mr. Young. Mm. And I, I think he gets it pretty spot on. Do you think he gets it pretty spot on? I feel like it's less of a style parody and more of an actual parody. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's fair. So the song itself is a corporate mission statement. Folky soft rock. Invest in world-class technology and leverage our core competence. The guitar solo is reserved, is reserve, reversed even, um, which is pretty cool. Mm. You don't get enough of uh, reversed guitar solos in music anymore. When was the last cool reverse guitar solo you can think of? I want to say some like George, George Harrison, other than... Uh, Give it away. Well, give it away or... Um, your Comfort is a Killer by Comfort. There's some pretty cool reverse guitar happening on there. Yes, yes, there was. Yes. Laughter is a Killer. I mean, there's definitely been more, but I just can't think of them because I only just thought of that right mm. now. I'd say this is a little longer again. That could just be because he's imitating Crosby, Stills and Nash. He's, uh, he is imitating like yeah, it's like an eight-minute song or something. Yeah, so I think he's kind of limited by the style of what he's chosen to do. Mm. There's fantastic vocal harmonies just constantly throughout this one. Like, it really showcases like, just how good a singer he is, mm. uh, oh, which yeah. we've spoke about before. That he does all of the takes, and you know, he does basically all of the vocals, and especially towards the end where they, the vocals start to diverge from each other and they mm. started doing slightly different lines. Invest in world-class technology and leverage our core Where it's been panned as well, so he's actually aped their production style as well, which is really cool. So he's got it with like the drums and like the bass in one thing and the guitars and another sort of thing, rather than just keeping it up with the modern production that the most of this album has. So... I didn't, couldn't be bothered to go back through and listen to it again to check it all, but I imagine if you go back and listen to it, he's actually copied the production style on each of the tracks. That's pretty which cool. Which is like, it's like, that's like another layer of, of effort that he's yeah, gone yeah. into. It's like, that's actually really cool. And then, yeah, the guitar, the, the actual acoustic guitars sound lovely. Mm-hmm. Stereophonics eat your heart out with your weird DI mm. acoustic when you don't want it to be. But um, yeah, once again, not a whole lot to say. I mean, the actual, the actual, this is one of those ones where like what he's actually singing about is kind of like, uh, uh, I don't really care. It's actually just quite a nice song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 
on the topic of the lyrics, my parents both work in big business. And when mm. they when they talk to me about their business, sometimes this is what I'm hearing. Basically, like all this jargon being chucked around. Right. Anybody that's outside of the system, I imagine when I talk teaching with you, you just get a bit lost sometimes. Mm. But it's a, it's a perfect example of just how good they are as, as musicians and actually quite as a band, really. Mm. Well, track nine, inactive, direct parody of Imagine Dragons Radioactive. I had to do a cover of Radioactive once. I really don't like Radioactive. Or the Imagine Dragons, particularly. No. No, I'm sure this is a good parody about something, but um, I have never listened to it because I can't fucking stand that song. Sorry, Al. Well, the band uh, Imagine Dragons was so honoured that they actually helped Al to get the same sounds. Oh, really? Well, fair, pl- fair play to Imagine Dragons. Yep. I mean, apparently I was reading as well, this was one of the few albums that he's done where every request he's made has got yes. But oh, really? he had no problems getting getting songs on this particular album. And it's probably just because he's at that point in his career now where Weird Al asks you to do a parody, you're probably going to say, you probably yeah. just say yes. It's like, yeah, I'll get Weird Al to a parody. Yeah. Because um, as well, if you think about it from a, from a more cynical standpoint, if you look at something like uh, Chameleon Air, Riding Dirty, mm. like, that was doing fine and then I think by all accounts white and nerdy actually helped boost sales massively apparently as well um, Smells Like Nirvana sold an extra million copies of Nevermind wow yeah like find the record executive space so yeah that came out we like that's more or less responsible for at least a million of the sales which is crazy oh, yeah that's mental you know So the only other thing I've got is that this is like a spiritual sequel to Fat or, if you will, the trilogy of Eat It, Fat and Inactive. I mean, credit to Imagine Dragons, they sound like cool guys, but I'm not a big fan of Radioactive. No. It doesn't particularly float my boat. I had to listen to it more times than I would have liked to when I had to do that cover that one time and yep. never again. First World Problems. So before I knew that there were stylistic parodies on this album, I heard this and thought to myself, well, that's just the Pixies, isn't it? He's definitely doing a debaser thing. Yeah. And would you Adam and Eve it? Would you Adam and Eve it? It's a stylistic parody of Pixies. Definitely nailed, at the very least, he's definitely nailed the bass tone. Um, mm-hmm. like that, that opening one is just like spot on for debaser. The little thin noodly guitar lines. <laughs> Thank you. 
perfect. The weird vocalizations going on at the end, that <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Maybe he could have thrown in a little bit of Spanish. I'm just saying, if I think Pixies, and if I was going to parody a Pixies song, I'd throw in like some throwaway lines in Spanish. Fair enough. You know. oh, no. that though very very accurate yep you can guess what the song is about by the title first world problems it's just him going through his various first world problems that he has i do want to point one out if that's okay mm. my barista didn't even bother to make a design on the phone mm. love it something we used to get called up on brand stand brand standards brand standards yeah exactly it is what is um <laughs> get a lid on it get a lid on it quick yeah, they'll never yeah, know yeah. Yeah, as well, just like the, the bit in the verse where it kind of does that man thing. That's mm-hmm. very Pixies esque, almost like he's parodying Pixies, really, isn't it? It's quite a good song, really. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> like, once again, if you kind of zone out on the actual silliness of the lyrics, yeah, it's quite, it's quite good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Track 11, Tacky, the final direct parody. Pharrell's, Pharrell's? Pharrell? Pharrell's. Feral. Feral. That's what uh, I'll be calling him from now on. It's Feral's Happy. I'm just going to quote Wikipedia for the video info. Oh, hold on. Produced by Nerdist Industries, the one-shot video shows Yankovic Mimicking Williams' own style used in his video for Happy. Features comedians including Aisha Tyler, Margaret Cho, Eric Stone Street, Kristen Schull, and Jack Black, dressed in tacky clothes and purposely dancing badly while lip-syncing to the song's lyrics about a person who brags about their questionable style choices. It's a great video. It's a great song. Do you know who that is? Uh, which one is that? The first person, other than now. Uh, no. She is the voice of Lana. Oh, right. Okay. Yep. Nice. Nice. Obviously, I know Kristen Shaw. Uh, Bringing it back to obviously. Flood of the Concords there. For, yeah, yeah. For a friend of the show, Adam. Yep. So I recognize them more than I know their names, to be honest. Yeah, like, I recognize the faces and stuff. So, something like Margaret Cho. I couldn't have told you that was Margaret Cho, but I recognize. Yeah, yeah. But apparently this was Al's favourite video to record. I'm not surprised. He got to do his little dance and he wasn't in it for most of it. Well, no, so... Because <laughs> it was all one take. Exactly. So. so he had to go from the top of the building, which apparently is where um, they shot some of the big Lebowski. Oh, nice. It was, I think, Maud Lebowski's like apartment studio thing. And then has to bolt it down the stairs because Christian Charles in the elevator, so he can't go. In the, mm. He's bolting down the stairs trying to change his clothes over at the same time. They did something like five takes. Nice. Worth it. Yeah, well, and he said that was, that was the hardest part of it, was getting down to his mark in time. 
And apparently Jack Black was like really cool on the day. I can imagine. He seems like a, a good egg. Mm. <laughs> I've already told you what the song's about by virtue of telling you about the video. It's just someone being going on about all the socially unacceptable, weird things that he does, mm. like live tweeting a funeral, taking selfies with the deceased. You know, that's that's personal favourite line of mine. My mine's getting drunk at the bank and take my shirt off at least. At least, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one more thing for the video spotlight. Sorry. You said it was uh, shot in one continuous take, and this was obviously prior to Birdman. Yes, yes. Of course, Birdman famously, allegedly being the first thing ever shot in one take. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one no one had dared to try it before, or so we thought. Mm. But how did it? Yeah. But he doesn't count because he's weird. Yeah, I mean, the actual song itself, once again, is... I haven't really got much to say about the actual the actual music of it. <laughs> no. Well, I remember Wheels being big on Happy when it came out. Yeah. He was like, this is the spiritual sequel to Get Lucky. But it's got Ferris Bueller in it, that's all. With his hat. Mm. What was that about? I never understood what that was about. What was with the hat? I don't know. If you know what it was all about with the hat, feel free to, to let us know. And yeah, you know. Or... Could be something in it for you. You can go to anchor.fm forward slash purchase forward slash message and leave us a voice message. We'll play it on the show. Yeah. You can yeah. hear yourself on our show. All right. Final track. Track 12. Jackson Park Express. Uh, this has been a weird episode. Pun not intended, but very much being leaned into. Um, mm. Not really been massively sure where to focus in on. Yep. And I've kind of focusing on nothing as a result. So apologies for that to everyone. Anyway, this is a stylistic parody of Cat Stevens. Now, I know Stefan is a massive, massive Cat Stevens fan. I have no idea if this does a good job or what. Yes, it does. What. It does? Yeah. From from what I know of him, you, you must know Father and Son. I'd probably know if I heard it, yeah. but I couldn't. It's got to be on one of the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtracks. It's heartbreaking. I think it's actually pretty spot on. Fair, yeah. fair. Seemed like any other day Then my whole world changed in a way I never could have I just kind of meh this song. I yep. don't care much for it, so... Yeah, it's a go. bit too convoluted in, in its premise as well. Yeah, what what is the premise behind the Jackson Park Express? It's an imaginary conversation between two people traveling on the bus. So person A has seen person B on the bus mm. and person A is now imagining their life together. Yeah, that sounds a bit, yeah. Yep. But it's uh, just a couple of things that stick out to me. I would like to sacrifice for your love goats, chickens, whatever. Okay. <laughs> and they're laughing... <laughs> I'd like to wear your skin over my skin, but not in a creepy way. <laughs> Is there a non-creepy way? Yeah, that's just classic Weird Al, like kind of mm. going that one step further, right? Mm. 
Stefan, your favourite track? I think it's got to be Word Crimes, actually. I, I just think... Classic. Class, yeah. Classic. Yeah. Foil. Although I do like foil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I went foil. It was a similar sort of toss-up, actually. It's like Word Crimes, Big Nostalgia, and it's also just a banger. But for me, it's got to be foil, because I legitimately would just put that on. Yeah. I listen to it quite a lot, so... Um, may I may I interrupt and make a suggestion? Absolutely, you may. As Weird Al pretty much is parodying other people, can we turn the next question from who would you like to cover what song? Because really, you want to hear Lord do foil. Yeah, it's to which was the most faithful of the original, the style parodies. Oh, okay, the stylistic parodies. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm big into them, but for me, it was probably the Pixies one. Okay. Once again, that could just be because I'm a massive Pixies fan and know all of the little nuances to the music. So. No, but I, I think, yeah, uh, i got to go with the Crosby, Stills, Nash one. Fair. Very fair. Both songs were really well done. Mm. Yep. So I think the, the stylistic thing he does do probably goes to town on, on doing his research and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, similar album. I'm not sure if we'll have the same one for this one, but I went for They're All Going to Laugh at You by Adam Sandler. Oh, very nice. Yeah. That's nice. actually a great shout. Well, we've spoken about it multiple times already. I mean, I had to go lounge against the machine. Of course. Old Richard Cheese. I legitimately just put on Richard Cheese, like on shuffle on Spotify on my living room speaker sometimes, and I'll just sit there while reading a book or something. That's quite nice, actually. It's actually quite nice background music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, top 10? Not this time. No, that's the same. Yeah. It was a bit of a niche pick, you know. It was really cool to cover Weird Al. I was really excited about yeah. talking about him. I don't think any of his albums would crack the top 10. And it's not necessarily him or the music behind it, but I think it's just the the intent behind it, you know. Yeah, I know, I get you. I get you. Yeah. All right, well, is it a sound purchase, though, Stefan? Absolutely it is. Yeah, absolutely. I say, even though there's a few where perhaps I don't get the joke or I just kind of like, mm. as a whole, it mm. is fantastic. The singles kind of do carry it through and they've been spread actually quite well. He could have front-loaded it or back-loaded well, it. Well, I think the good choice to do parody, style, parody, parody, style, parody, mm. and then just have the polka slap bang more or less in the middle... Yeah, definitely helps. Mm. But yeah, it's good album. Yeah. Good album. Worth buying. Well, on that bombshell then, Jake, you've got more boys to watch. Yeah, they're only up to episode three unless another episode came out today. No, I think it's Fridays, isn't it? I think it is Fridays. Yeah. So I only noticed it was on there. And did I text you yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know it was up. Yeah, Great. neither did I, yeah. So... Well, you've got that. I've got a whole bunch of things. Miss Maisel mainly to watch. Nice. Yep. Nice. And that only really leaves this this lift. Would a coward do this? Bye. Okay, I am Stefan, and this was a sound purchase, a podcast that does a deep dive to explore iconic recordings. This episode was proudly produced by Robbie Mortimer. You can show your appreciation for this episode when you like us, review us, share us, and subscribe to us. Each engagement makes this effort all the more worthwhile, and the best way to grow this podcast is by word of mouth. 
Support is appreciated. Check the show notes and up-to-date top tens list and other musings at asoundpurchase.com. You can engage with us on social media under the handle soundpurchasepod. You can support us by getting yourself a sound purchase t-shirt, hoodie, or mug by going to asoundpurchase.com forward slash shop. Other episodes of A Sound Purchase are available at all of your favorite podcast platforms. Why not subscribe to Be A Friend of the Show, where you'll gain access to a hidden corridor of our website that contains exclusive blog posts, the Hall of Top Tens, special Friends of the Show merchandise options, and a series of bonus pods. Subscribe now at asoundpurchase.com forward slash F-O-T-S. If you've enjoyed the sounds during today's episode, visit your local record store and pick up a copy of the record. Support your local businesses and artists. <laughs>